0: So we're continuing today with our series entitled Bystander, and this morning's message is called Open Eyes. When we embark on a new job or a new relationship, feeling that we know what we're getting into, we have a saying, don't we, of going into it with our eyes wide open. Well, that is when we at least think that we know what's necessary to know. However... What about all the situations and relationships that we find ourselves in when we don't have all the facts and our eyes are not all-seeing? On an everyday level, there are many products that we buy, use and put our confidence in without, without having all the information or fully understanding how they work. So I have a confession to make. I still have the same mobile phone. That I've had for six years and I know that a lot has moved on since then. In the technical world things move very quickly and it's hard to keep up. In fact I don't. I don't keep up. I even now only use a fraction of what my phone can do. I trust it to work for me as a phone, a camera and a texting device, but I have no idea anything else above that. About all the products that we use, such as shampoo and conditioners, ladies, we read all the claims on the bottle, and the proof is in the pudding, so to speak, but at the end of the day, do they work? Well, sadly, most don't. The television that Dennis and I have is a bit of a dinosaur, really, and it frequently and frustratingly breaks down and it always stops working at the crucial point of a programme. Just as you're about to hear the thing you want to hear, it just shuts itself off. We keep saying we need to replace it, but every time we look, we just come away feeling more confused. Gone are the days when you could just buy a TV, plug it in and viewing awaits. No, these days... There are so many different types of TV in the first place and variations that you need a, a wealth of information, knowledge and a lot of patience, on my part, to select and then set up the TV. It's great if you're a techie and who can get your TV to do all the wonderful things that they can do now, I know are possible, but I'll never understand how it works. I know that it can, but not how. In our Bible reading today, from the Gospel of John, we see a man who begins to follow Jesus based on very limited information. This man was born blind and said that he only knew one main thing. But that one thing made him curious about who Jesus really was. So we're going to turn to part of that scripture now in John 9, 1 to 7. If you want to join me on your own device, Jesus heals man born blind. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? this man or his parents, that he was born blind. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him. Wash in the pool of Siloam, this means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. Shall we just pray for a moment? Oh Lord Jesus, we just thank you for your loving kindness. We just ask Lord that you would open our eyes this morning to whatever it is that you want us to see and to learn. Help us Lord to see ourselves with honesty but also to see ourselves as you see us. To feel afresh your love for each one of us Despite our failings, open the eyes of our hearts, Lord. To you I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. I find it interesting that the question posed by the disciples in this reading was to find where the blame lies for the man's blindness. That was their first thought. Jesus, however, answered them saying it was not caused either by the man himself or his parents. He was filled with compassion for this man. He saw his predicament and he just simply got on with the process of healing him. Jesus tells his disciples that God is using this man's blindness to reveal his healing power, to ultimately give God glory. The man has his sight restored, but the story does not end there. As we read on, we see that it causes quite a stir in the neighborhood. So we're going to read on a bit in verse 8. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, no, it only looks like him. But he himself insisted. I am the man. How then were your eyes opened? they asked. He replied, the man called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed. And then I could see. Where is this man, they asked him. I don't know, he said. You can hear the confusion in this passage, can't you? How could this man, who had been blind from birth, now be able to see? But as they question him, the man simply states what had happened. He can do no more. He has no more answers. He tells them what Jesus did and said, which resulted in him being able to see. Then we see that they're curious. They want to find out more. If this Jesus could heal, they wanted to know how and why, and importantly, By what authority? I believe that this is what Jesus meant when he talked about the works of God being displayed. Such miracles were bound to get people's attention. This is true of today too. Jesus is still healing the sick and such works continue to bring God glory. But not only that, it also opens people's eyes to him. The miracles are signs that give evidence for who Jesus was and is in the past and in our world today. While I was preparing this message, I was reminded of the story of a missionary by the name of David Tinian who went out to Africa to bring the good news to the people there. It's a story I heard probably about ten years ago, and it's never left me. It was just so powerful. So I just thought it was rather relevant for today. He describes one meeting in Africa. He had he was sharing about the miracle power of Jesus with a very large crowd of people. As he was talking, he noticed a mother walking slowly towards him with a child, and the child had no eyes just empty sockets in his heart he panicked oh god help me don't let me down jesus all these people are watching please heal this child for your glory he prayed the mother asked can your jesus heal my child who cannot see david laid hands on the child and prayed a simple prayer to his amazement and immense relief eyes appeared in the sockets and the child could see David went on to say, now he had everyone's attention. The whole crowd wanted to know and meet with Jesus. Hundreds of men, women and children gave their lives to Jesus that day. And the same things are happening in our world even today. People are still being healed and such miracles provoke a desire for others to find out more about Jesus. Getting back to the Bible reading, however, not everyone was pleased about what happened to the blind man. We pick up the story in verse 13, where the Pharisees are investigating the healing. They brought the Pharisees to the Pharisees, the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from, from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, How can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. Then they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, He is a prophet. They still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight, until they sent for the man's parents. The Pharisees' eyes were closed to god they were more interested in the laws of the sabbath but the healing of this man was a miracle and they could not believe that a sinner could perform such miracles so they were really confused it's interesting to note that jesus during his time on earth performed more miracles involving restoring sight than any other giving sight to the blind was predicted as a messianic activity in the book of isaiah thus these miracles revealed Jesus as the Messiah, the chosen one, the Son of God. But the Pharisees chose not to see this. They, of all people, should have known. You can just imagine it, can't you? The toffee-nosed, self-righteous Pharisees continued to demand answers from the man who had experienced this miracle. Then they demand to speak to his parents. We pick up the story once more in verse 18. They still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight, until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son, they asked? Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that he can now see? Well, we know he's our son, the parents answered, and we know he was born blind. But how he can see now, or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders, who had already decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. That's why his parents said, he is of age, ask him. The parents were really frightened of getting involved. And apart from confirming that he was, yes, their son and had indeed been blind since birth, they were too scared to say anything more. The Pharisees in their prejudice did not learn from the sign. Instead, they just tried to discredit the miracle. Their eyes were closed to the truth. So they hurled the man before them again. Verse 24. A second time, they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know this man is a sinner, he replied. Whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. So simply put, I was blind, but now I see. He says he doesn't know how or why, but he just knows that he can see. If we read on in this chapter, which we're not going to, we would see that the man does find Jesus and follows him despite the punishment of being thrown out of the assembly and being turned away from his family and all that he knows. Despite knowing very little about Jesus, he chooses to abandon all to simply follow him. His eyes were opened, not only physically, but spiritually, to see the truth. In the well-known hymn entitled Amazing Grace that we sometimes sing here at church, the words are amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Twas blind, but now I see. These words are not talking about having been physically blind, but blind to the saving grace of God through Jesus and then being able to see, seeing God in all his glory and what God has done. This hymn's so popular, even in complete non-churchgoers probably know it, and it's one that's often used at funerals. Did you know that Amazing Grace is a Christian hymn that was published in 1779, a long time ago. It was written by the Anglican clergyman John Newton, and he wrote the the hymn from his personal experience, and he used it to illustrate a sermon on New Year's Day of 1773. The message that forgiveness and redemption are possible, regardless of sins committed, and that we can be delivered from despair through the mercy of God. Amazing Grace is one of the most recognisable songs in the English-speaking world. So what are we blind to? Do we struggle with believing by faith, believing that the things that we cannot see or understand We might be great thinkers trying to fathom it all out, needing more evidence before we believe. We may have stumbling blocks that trip us up every time we seek to see God as our loving, present, heavenly Father. We may come against mountains that we cannot see beyond. We may struggle with accepting Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for our sins. We may not be able to see or to grasp his incredible love for us or his great sacrifice. We simply may not be able to see him. We can so easily become a bystander. We can come to church, but only as a bystander. We can hear about God's goodness and how he's active in people's lives today. But if the eyes of our hearts are closed, then we cannot see how to enter into that relationship with him and everything that he has for us. There's no condemnation here. Only a desire to see Jesus opening the hearts of those of us who struggle to see his goodness. And to one extent or another, we're all on that spectrum at times in our lives. We can become blind to the things of God. As you can see, I now have got to the age of needing to wear glasses all the time. But for much of my life, I didn't need glasses at all. As time went on, however, I discovered I needed them for reading and close-up work. But it was only when someone pointed out to me that I might actually need to get my eyes tested, did I see the need at all? I remember that I was going through a list of names and putting them onto a computer. And as I was squinting and spelling the names incorrectly and getting a headache, my friend who was helping me with the task suggested that I try on her reading glasses. Well, I couldn't believe the difference. Things that had been so dull and blurry were now sharp and clear. And the difference was amazing. And I now find that I pretty much need to wear them all the time although I do still forget to put them on at times. And as an aside, I don't know if anyone else identifies with me with this, I do find that my house looks a lot cleaner when I haven't got them on. (laughs) When I suddenly put them on, I see all this dust and specks. and oh, So where am I going with all of this, you might be wondering? Well, sometimes the eyes of our hearts, the eyes of our understanding, are like our natural eyes. Over time, they can become blurry, and we can no longer see clearly the simple truths of God's great love, grace, patience, provision and wisdom for us. Maybe we've never seen clearly how Jesus died for us because he loves us and because he wants us to spend eternity with him. We might find that we cannot see clearly the way out of or the way through our problems because we cannot see God's hand guiding us. Maybe we've never seen God's incredible love clearly. The good news is, of course, that we do not need to remain this way. Jesus is still in the business of opening eyes today, both physically and metaphorically. We need only to come to him, to spend time sitting at his feet, to have our eyes open to all that he is and all that he has for us. Do we need to understand everything before God opens our eyes to him? No. Thankfully, it's actually the other way around. The understanding comes as we see. But we also need faith to believe what we cannot see in the natural. Hebrews 11.1 tells us, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. We need to persevere with our faith, to know God's word and to trust it. I'm sure that's so true for all of us at this moment in time. We talk about people having blind faith. They trust God and they're certain even though they cannot in their natural actually see it. And that's what we need to be like, I know I do. We all need to deepen our faith and trust in God more wherever we are in our walk with him and especially in these difficult times. For our hearts to see God, we also need to see ourselves as God sees us. We need to know without a shadow of a doubt that he loves us as we are. We don't have to be perfect, which is such a relief to me. God loves us with an everlasting love. Jesus welcomes us with open arms when we turn back to him. Wherever we are, whatever we've done, he's never going to turn his back on us and say, I don't want to know you. Instead, he says, I love you. I do know you. I see you. You are special, you are unique and so loved. Come to me, spend time with me, I will help you. God does not sit up in heaven with a big stick waiting to beat us when we get it wrong, which is so good because we do get it wrong all the time. He knows us and he loves us. Have our eyes been opened to him? So to conclude, sight is a precious, wonderful thing. Being blind today I'm sure is a big challenge but in the past, it was even worse without Braille or everything else that we have these days. In our Bible reading, the man born blind receives his sight miraculously as Jesus has compassion on him. But he gained so much more than sight that day. He encountered his Saviour. Until the eyes of our hearts are open to Jesus and his saving grace, we are metaphorically blind. Maybe you are sitting here today never having accepted Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. I would urge you to come and make that decision today. We are coming into a time of ministry when you're welcome to come forward for prayer. Maybe it could be that your vision of who Jesus is in your life has become a bit blurry over time and you've lost sight of his guiding hand in your life. Today, you can change that. The Alpha Course that we regularly run here at church helps to open our eyes to the things of God. And if you've never been on one of these, I would definitely recommend that you do. So, can we, like the man in today's text, say, One thing I do know I was blind, but now I see. Would you stand with me as we pray together? Our oh, Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your loving kindness to us. We thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice on the cross, for your forgiveness of our sins. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come now. And open the eyes of our hearts, Lord. Just open us, Lord, to be able to see you. To see you, Lord, in all your glory, in all your goodness. To see your love and your presence and your working in our lives. I ask, come Holy Spirit, move amongst us, Lord. Breathe on us. Help the scales to fall from our eyes, Lord, that we can really see you, Lord. See you as you are. See your love for each one of us. Come, Holy Spirit. We just need more of you, Lord. Move amongst us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that we would all leave here changed this morning, Lord. That we would all receive greater sight, Lord, of you, of your goodness, of your presence in our lives. And Lord, that you would guide us, that we would see your hand, that we would know your wisdom, Lord in our lives, especially, Father, when things in the world are so uncertain. We need to see you, Lord, more than ever before. We need to see which way to go, what to do. We need to be able to follow you, Lord. So, Father, I pray that you would just wipe away all that fog and anything, Lord, that would prevent us from seeing your guiding hand in our lives. And that, Lord, as we sang earlier, you are a light in our darkness. Lord, would you shine your light so brightly and give us eyes to see that, that we could focus on that and find our way through. Thank you, Lord God. We just give you all praise and all honour and all glory. Amen.